You know, there was a comment on the last video asking if all Packer fans went to the same person who did Matt LaFleur's eyebrows. And, and I gotta say, thank you. But uh, these babies are all natural. If, however, someone could get me in touch with Matt LaFleur's dietitian, that, uh, yeah, I could use that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews, where I'm your host, John Del Rey. It is time for mock draft number two. Yes, on Monday of this week, I used PFF's mock draft simulator to go through and, and evaluate the choices, make my picks for what the Green Bay Packers would do given the circumstances, or at least how I would address it, given what I know the Packers utilize as historic thresholds, especially under Brian Gutekunst. And that was under PFF Simulator, and a lot of people don't really like that one. They prefer PFN, or bad people use this, or this, whatever. So I decided I would do a bunch of different mock drafts, seeing how the results go. Of course, leaning more towards the uh, sites that I know actually update to be more realistic as we go through this draft process now that we're under a month ago. So for today's mock draft, I utilized Pro Football Networks. Now, if you're interested, this one is completely free. PFFs to use all of the different components. You have to have the PFF subscription, but PFN, completely free. You can utilize trades, etc., etc. And again, just like I did on Monday, I did not allow for any trades to be executed. I wanted to do the exercise for the picks that the Packers have right now. So no Aaron Rodgers trade, no additional picks from the Jets, no even late round finagling to get into early rounds, anything like that. I kept it very literal to what the Packers have. Before we dive completely into this topic, though, there is one thing that I did want to mention, and news of this broke just before I hit the record button here this afternoon, but former Packers legend, former Packers running back John Brockington has passed away at the age of 74 in San Diego just this morning. You know, Brockington played there during some of the real down years for Green Bay. Uh, he still, Aaron Jones just passed him this season, but he still is fourth all-time leading rusher for the Packers. He's ninth in touchdowns for the Packers. Uh, he was the very first player in NFL history to rush for a thousand yards of each of his three seasons. Cliff Crystal, the Packers team historian, wrote a very nice article with news of his passing uh, today detailing the the bruising and effective high knee style of Brockington. Uh, what happened after those first three years as his numbers began to dwindle, really kind of telling the story of his career and memorializing someone who was inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame way back in 1984. Um, another Packer legend gone too soon, this time at the age of 74. So rest in peace, John Brockington. So, with that being said, I am going to dive into the details about the draft. And if you watched Monday's video, I decided I wanted to be a little bit more clear in how I was going to structure this video. I know I, I don't have a lot of the fancy graphics. I don't have a producer sitting right here next to me just chilling, uh, hitting buttons. So ultimately, at the end of the day, I want to present this information in a very clear manner for you. So what I'm going to do is first I'm going to go through what I believe to be needs for the Green Bay Packers that could be addressed in this draft. Then I'm going to list off through the five rounds, because it's just a five round mock, the picks that I made for the Packers. 
Then after that, I'll actually go into explaining how each pick happened, why I chose the player I did, how it fits for the Packers, etc. So if you want all the rationale, hang on all the way through. If you just want a list, because you know you just you got stuff to do, it's fine. Hang out just a couple more minutes. So in terms of needs. Let's be honest, the Green Bay Packers right now are kind of a top-heavy roster. They have elite talent at some positions, including Aaron Jones, uh, Christian Watson if he continues to progress. The offensive line is quite good for uh, a team with as many holds as Green Bay. Then on the defensive side, you've got Jair Alexander, Sean Gary, Kenny Clark. Like it's, it's star-studded, and yet there's holes all over this roster. One of those holes happens to be at the quarterback position, and no, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that Jordan Love is going to have competition. He certainly is not. They're giving the job to Jordan Love. But the backup position to Jordan Love is a major question mark. Now, you would think that they may go out and sign a veteran, but money is short. Also, I won't be shocked at all to see them spend, especially a later round pick, on a project number three type quarterback. So backup quarterback is certainly in the conversation for the draft. As is running back. And you may immediately be thinking, like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, what in the sweet goodness do we need a running back for? Or if we got Tyler Goodson, we still got Patrick Taylor, what do they need a running back for? Well, truth of the matter is A.J. Dillon is entering the last year of his contract. Aaron Jones's contract after this year gets even harder to retain for the Packers. I mean, there are very real scenarios where next year, this coming season, is the last year for both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. It's possible. Plus, you know, when Matt LaFleur was very first hired, he talked about wanting three competent running backs in the offense. So I won't be shocked at all if running back is addressed. Now, how serious is that threat of Dylan or Jones moving on next year? That may be determined by how early they decide to go with running back. If they decide for a day three pick like a Kylan Hill, or even Aaron Jones is a day three pick back in the day. If they decide to go with a day three pick, then we know that maybe it's more of a long-term project either way don't be shocked at all if running back is addressed in this draft and it may be earlier than a lot of people think wide receiver is certainly a need you have Watson you have Dobbs uh Toure I I will actively admit I'm not as sold on Toure as a lot of people especially given that his playing time decreased as the Packer games kind of got more serious towards the end of the year I don't think that that necessarily bodes well for him heading into year two uh, Bo Melton, I think, is a player with a lot of upside, but there's a reason he hasn't seen the field much yet. Uh, and then there, we know that they're going to sign a veteran wide receiver or acquire one in some way, but certainly wide receiver is still a need. Tight end, you've got Josiah DeGuara. You've got Tyler Davis. And then you have nothing. you got a lot of question marks at tight end, so that is certainly a need in this draft. I think the only question is, are they going to pick one or are they going to pick two in this draft? Offensive line is always a need and always uh, something that Brian Gutekunst is looking at, no matter how deep the depth is, so you can expect that to be addressed. Also, considering that David Bakhtiari, this could be his final year in Green Bay as well, because you want to talk about untenable cap numbers, whoo-wee! David Bakhtiari, two years from now, is hitting quarterback levels of money. This could be his last year unless something really changes there. Yash, we also know, is on a one-year tender. So his future in Green Bay is under question as well. So offensive line, long-term, is a need for the Packers. Flipping it to the defensive side of the ball, the interior defensive line, as always, is a need in Green Bay. You've got... uh, You've got TJ Slayton, you've got Kenny Clark, and you've got Devontae Wyatt, and then you've got practice squatters and questions. So it's a need. Edge, 
I don't view this to be as much of a need as other people, but I will acknowledge it is still a need, much like O-line. It's another position that Brian Gutekunst is always looking at. Rashawn Gary, you have the ACL injury, so who is quite sure when he's going to be coming back from that? You got Preston Smith, who, while his cap numbers do escalate over the coming years, it's not nearly as severe as Dave Bakhtiari or Aaron Jones. I think that he may have a couple more years left in Green Bay. But again, after those two, you've got Hollins, who they resigned on only a one-year contract. You've got Kingsley Anagbare, who admittedly did some really good things at the end of the year, but is still a project in some regards for outside linebacker. And then you got Garvin and Ladarius Hamilton and guys that I think a lot of people just would prefer not to see the field that often just because of how they've played in the last couple of years. So edge is a need. And then, of course, safety, corner. let's just call it defensive back is a need corner not so much as safety safety we know the situation there is scary right now it probably looks to be darnell savage and rudy ford given matt lafleur's comments at the uh, annual meetings the other day um it's concerning right the back end of the defense is a little concerning at this juncture um darnell savage the packers obviously still believe in his potential i don't think he's absolutely a lost cause but there certainly are concerns that have been consistent over the last couple of years for savage um it might amos be resigned uh, maybe i'd still be surprised but anyway safety question mark and then of course if we know mason crosby is a comeback don't be shocked if they pick a kicker with a late round pick as well. So all of them needs, and it's a lot of needs. I know, I know. So let's dive into this. Who did I pick for the Green Bay Packers in this mock draft, the second coming of the mock draft? And I got to tell you, pick 15, it broke just a certain way. I went with wide receiver from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, pick 45 in the second round, I went with tight end Darnell Washington. I know a lot of people are going to be happy about that one. Third round, I went with uh, tackle from Syracuse, Matthew Bergeron. Fourth round, pick 120. I double-dipped. That's right. I double-dipped at wide receiver, and I got someone who I just couldn't pass up. Maybe a little early, but just, boy, does he scream Packer to me. And the further in this process we get, the more I like what I'm seeing from him. That would be wide receiver Jonathan Mingo. On the next one, uh, round five, uh, Moro Ojomo, defensive lineman from Texas. He's going to be our interior defensive lineman. And then pick 170, the last pick, Anthony Johnson Jr., safety from Iowa State. So let's dive into how'd that happen? Why did you pick that? Well, round one, I went with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, we know that they need wide receivers, right? And his testing has actually beaten all of the Packers' thresholds. There was some belief that, like, maybe his 40 time wouldn't actually meet what they need. Maybe he's going to be too little. Nah, he, he actually passed all the thresholds. And the really good thing about him is his agility. Yeah, his agility numbers are off the charts. Now, he may not be that often a boundary receiver in the NFL. He may play more out of the slot. And we know that the Packers, besides really, like, Randall Cobb and what they tried with Amari Rodgers... Don't go with just slot guys too often. I mean, Christian Watson spent a good portion of his snaps in the slot, and he is by no means a traditional slot receiver. But I really think that he's the kind of receiver that the Packers could use. And Andy Herman just did an entire video on him a couple days ago, so if you haven't seen that, check that out. But the thing with Jackson Smith and Jigba is he's... I saw the word in one of the scouting reports, abrupt. And that just felt right. You have elite agility numbers, maybe not top-end speed. But you've got elite agility numbers with a guy who can stop on a dime, 
who can route run like a maniac. And in short situations especially, maybe he doesn't have the most burst, but he's precise. And it's the kind of player that realistically the Packers could use at wide receiver to pair with a Romeo Dobbs and a Christian Watson. Am I as high on him as people who are losing their minds about the Packers getting him? Probably not, but do I still think he's a wonderful pick to help this offense go? Yeah, and at pick 15, it makes a little world of sense. Other players available at this time, just to give you an idea, I'll read off picks 1 through 14. Uh, pick 1 was C.J. Stroud, then it was Bryce Young, Tyree Wilson, Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, Will Anderson Jr., Jalen Carter, Paris Johnson Jr., B. John Robinson, Broderick Jones, Brian Breezy, Peter Skronsky, Miles Murphy, and Jordan Addison. I don't picture Jordan Addison going as high as the top 15, but hey, in this mock draft, the New England Patriots did us a favor and chose him in front of Jackson Smith and Jigba. So really the choices here were JSN or cornerback Devin Witherspoon, which as I talked about on Monday when I made him the pick then, I'd be pretty happy with that too, to really shore up the cornerback position and really help out the secondary a lot. So... I mean, ultimately, though, at the end of the day, I opted for JSN just because of the contributions that he can make for the offense right now. So let's move on to, um, oh, one side note about JSN as well. He's only 20 years old. That's the Packers type. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing it out there. All right, in round two. Uh, Will McDonald Jr. was picked right before this pick, a very bendy edge rusher that the Packers may have their eye on, who we know he brought in for a visit. Cedric Tillman, even though I just picked a wide receiver, Tillman is another Packer-type wide receiver from the University of Tennessee. He's gone. Uh, so was Jalen Hyatt. So uh, ultimately, though, like a tight end, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, they were both gone. So options really began to kind of tighten up here in the middle of round two for pick 45 and options available to me were darnell washington tight end if you want to go tight end if you want to address the defense probably top one would be interior defensive lineman mazzy smith or how about offensive line tackle cody monch but at the end of the day it's destiny right you got to pick tight end darnell washington i know that one's gonna make a lot of people happy and look he's a road grader at tight end. I mean, you put him out there and he's basically like a sixth offensive lineman. He's your new Mercedes Lewis. And we know how incredibly important that is to the offense. And he does have ability receiving as well. Does he have top end speed? Does he have breakaway ability? No, there's some highlights from college where he did it, but is that his norm? No. Does he have to improve route running as a receiver? Yes, absolutely. Is he probably the Packers end all be all permanent solution? New Kyle Pitts, new Travis Kelsey solution at tight end? Probably not but he can be a great contributor and someone who this offense really kind of needs in place of so many people that they've lost in the last couple of years. So Darnell Washington in round two. Round three is admittedly where it began to get sketchy. And it was the exact same thing when I did a mock draft the other day. Round three seems to be this grand question mark for the Green Bay Packers. Not only do the Packers draft really poorly in round three, it also seems to be the round where they're seeming to make the most exceptions to their thresholds historically. And two, it's just in this year's draft, now in round three, you're kind of getting past the wave of like the top tier of talent, right? Like this draft, May doesn't have like generational talent up at the top, but it's got a really deep class of really good. And this is right around the edge where it begins to kind of drop where you're getting into more projects already and less immediate contributors to the team. So remaining needs, we got safety, interior defensive line, offensive tackle, edge, tight end again if you want to double dip. Uh, running back, at the safety position available was Jordan Battle. 
But look, I don't think the Packers are going to be high on battle after he had really bad agility numbers in his testing. The Packers value numbers like the three-cone, the shuttles, and he just did really poorly there. So i got to believe he's going to be off their board. Sidney Brown is five foot nine, and while he's got the athletic profile of the guy that the Packers like, he probably is just too darn small. Uh, generally, for their safeties, they like them to be about five foot eleven or taller. Five foot nine is a pretty drastic decrease from that, and you may think it's silly, but it is how the Packers operate. So he very well might be off the board. The safety who most likely fits all of their profiles of, of, that's available at this point is Jamie Robinson, and he's even a bit of a question mark because of his height. So quarterback, running back, certainly could be addressed here. But at the end of the day, I opted for this to be the offensive tackle or O-line portion and go with Matthew Bergeron. Look, this guy is an elite athlete, 6'5", 318 pounds. He's extremely explosive as an offensive lineman. He accelerates to the second level incredibly well. And the thing about him is, realistically, there's two questions. One... While being fast enough to play tackle, is his technique sure enough to keep up with speed rushers? Because it seemed to be where he had the most difficulty in college. And other than that, is he better off at guard than he would be tackle? But you know the Packers love these types, right? The guys that can be versatile all across the offensive line. Look at Elton Jenkins. Look at Zach Tom. Like, you just know this is how the Packers operate. So someone who has the athletic profile to potentially play tackle if he shores up his technique but could be a very capable guard right now? That's the Packers, right? So, ultimately, though, this guy could use a little bit of time to kind of redshirt, ease his way into the NFL, and to back to back up David Bakhtiari for a year? To learn from D-Bak? And you just say, look, Bergeron, follow Bakhtiari. Whatever this dude does for a year, you follow him. Period may not be the worst thing, developmentally speaking, for the future of the offensive line. He ran a 7.273 cone, which not only meets, it actually blows past the Packers' threshold for three cone for offensive linemen. I think it could be a very, very strong project pick for the Green Bay Packers for the future of their offensive line. Round four. Yeah, between three and four, there was a run on safeties. Brown, battle, they're gone. Robinson is still remaining. At interior defensive line, you got Jacqueline Roy, who I don't really love. You got Moro Ojomo, who is available, who I do really like, but yeah, do you really want to spend a round four pick on him? I know I did the other day, but like, do you think he might still be available? Or is there someone on the board who just screams, like Darnell Washington, just screams at you, Green Bay Packer, and that does happen to be wide receiver from Ole Miss, Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, I mean, Mingo... You just, I'm going to say this. You want Alan Lazard with a more developed athletic profile, a little bit faster of a frame, but someone who blocks their tail off, you got Mingo. Yeah, and that's the truth of it. He had, he's six foot two, 225 pounds, 9.97 Raz. He's one of the best blockers in the draft. He's only 21 years old. When he was targeted in college, it was a 99.8 QB rating. He's got a 4.4640. Where he needs to improve most, according to most scouting reports, is in the route running department. Okay, the Packers happen to teach that pretty well. And if you have a vet on the team, like let's say they do bring back Randall Cobb, like I talked about the other day as a potential, or some other type of vet. I mean, Mingo, he's a Packer. 
like just the way that he does things, his profile just screams Packer. Uh, in terms of height, weight, he's well over their thresholds. He's that big-bodied receiver that we love that Brian Gutekunst likes to pick. So, is it, I don't know. I just got to go with it. Jonathan Mingo, Green Bay Packer. He ran a 4.46.40 on a 225 frame. I just think that that's someone that the Packers are going to be highly intrigued by. And now, at the wide receiver position, you got JSN, you got Mingo, you got Watson, you got Dobbs. You've got a vet, and then Toure or Melton in there is six. That's, it's young, and it's raw, but that's, it's a gifted wide receiver room. Moving on to round five, pick 149. And if this happens, I am running the pick up there. And Moro Ojomo is still available, so I'm picking him. 21 years old, a fifth-year senior who's 21. I don't understand the math on that at all. But interior defensive lineman from Texas. He's got a 9.19 RAS score with elite explosion. He's got a very good three-cone. Uh, he's right around their weight number. If his frame could take on another 10 pounds... He's completely the Packer type for the defensive line. Ultimately, you're going to stick this guy at nose tackle? No, probably not. But he's a very, very strong run defender who just needs some work on his pass rush skills, his technique. Put him at defensive end and prosper. You need depth. And and really, like, is he exactly like Kenny Clark? No, but the situation reminds me the same. He's very, very young. He's very gifted. He needs refinement. Kenny Clark was a first-round pick who's obviously further along, but I'm just saying, similar in the way of being very, very young for how long he's been in school, that's a very Packer trait to look for. I think if he's available in round five, you run the pick up there, and you know that your defensive line is more reinforced than it was before you make that pick. And then the last one, pick 170, the second pick of round five. And finally, I'm not going to address edge. It feels weird to not pick a single edge in this draft, but this is the way that the board broke. Uh, in terms of edge, Colby Wooden, if you want to convert him to edge, he is still available. Yaya Diaby, who I picked in the fifth round the other day, he's still available. And Lord knows he's got the athletic potential to do it. But at the end of the day... The Packers' defense needs someone who can sit back at safety and be their signal caller, be their captain back there, and that just screams to me Anthony Johnson Jr. There's a few in this draft who kind of fit that, and this one, to me, at pick 170 makes sense. He's been on the all-academic team twice when he comes coming out of high school. He was scouted heavily by Ivy League schools. I mean, this guy is really, really smart. And not only that, but he plays, especially run defense, with just an act of aggression. Like he goes in there fearless, and that does lead to the occasional missed tackle. And if they can shore that up, then again, you might really have something. But what I was really intrigued by was he actually spent much of his college career at Boundary Corner. However, this last year, they asked him to switch to kind of a hybrid safety, their version of Iowa State of the star role. Yes, the much-talked-about position in Green Bay. The star role, kind of a slot corner safety hybrid. And the Green Bay Packers, you know, they want Keyshawn Nixon to compete for that role. Darnell Savage has played there before. There's been a lot of talk historically of Savage going there, and it just hasn't worked as well as maybe it could have. But Anthony Johnson Jr. is a guy that I'm highly intrigued by because of his traits, his ability to communicate. The Green Bay Packers had mass miscommunications in their secondary if they want a captain-style individual, even as a rookie, to come in and lay things out and help with the coaching, help new defensive back coach Craig Williams, could very well be a guy like Anthony Johnson Jr. Uh, by the way, his RAS score, while being incomplete, is high enough to meet all of their thresholds, as is all of his physical traits, height, weight as well. So 
There you have it. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Darnell Washington, Matthew Bergeron, Jonathan Mingo, Moro Ojomo, and Anthony Johnson Jr. I'm calling it. That's not a bad draft to me. Are there still holes on this roster? Yes, absolutely, unequivocally. And keep in mind that they probably will have more picks when they actually get to the draft than they have right now. But still, you plugged in some of the holes here today. Hope you enjoyed this video. Hope you have an absolutely fantastic weekend coming up. It is Friday, thank goodness. So go have a wonderful weekend. I will be back on Monday. And as always, Go Pack Go!